that wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, it's the season of love, and in the spirit of V-Day, Dan's been mowing down some hostiles in modern warfare. Andy sinks into Pokemon Sword on the back of Dexit, and we look at new releases coming out in this here February. Finally, we take a look at some sensitive, heartfelt gifts for lovers in High Time's Valentine's Day gift guide, just in time for Valentine's Day to be right o over. We'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh, so stick around for that, because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always, the one, the only... Well caffeinated at 8 p.m. Dank Dan. Andy, we've got some tangos in the LZ, and we're coming in hot, so get nuts to butts, pop smoke, because we're going EVA. Uh, go, uh, go. Go, 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 Dan. It's always go, go, go with you. How are you, buddy? What's going on? I'm fucking fantastic. Hey. I like to tango. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Valentine's Day? I'm a, I'm a big thumbs... Uh, right in the middle. <laughs> I'm a point, an index finger under your eye about Valentine's Day. There are wise people on both sides of this stuff. There are people on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I like to be bipartisan when it comes to deciding about. Listen, um, as a married man, been married for a good long while. Yes. Um, and and lovely. I've uh, got no girlfriends to to give not, gifts to. Not, not one. even one. Not a one. Um, you know, I can recognize that Valentine's Day is for lovers. We're celebrating that relationship. Strangers. But here, you want to you want to give me a poke in the eye back. We do that every day, Dan. We do it every day. We do it every day. Love every we do, day. We love every day. Do you know what? You know how you know you're having romance? It's scheduled. It's on That's the calendar. It. That's it. It's on the. Oh, it's romance day. It's time romance to, day. Yep, time to bring out the. Listen, it's a fun time uh, for for couples. Yeah. Um. Sometimes a fun time for singles. Okay. But um. But Craigslist. I haven't been one of those in a super super long time. You know the thing about I'm Valentine's real Day. Real married, Dan. You're as married as they get, uh, and I'm I'm halfway there myself. It's one of those things where I, I uh, come from the restaurant industry, and what I know is Valentine's Day is like scorched earth. Service, for, please. For the, uh, what's that? I said service, please. Service, please. I'll take fries with that, Dan. Yeah, not that kind of restaurant. And it's like, I want to do Valentine's Day on a different day. I have secret Valentine's. It happens the week off after. And let me tell you what goes on with this. Discounted chocolates. Oh, Flowers available at a reasonable price. Wow. Reservations that are happening. So I, I do uh-huh. the four days after Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, uh-huh. because I get hit hard in January, February, December. It's the anniversary. It's the birthday. And then there's Christmas. And they're like, oh, you haven't had enough yet? Boom. Valentine's Valentine- Day. V-Day. Open that wallet. Open the beachhead. <laughs> <laughs> St. Valentine's is storming it. That's it. And, and he's got uh, Frankie, who is it? Fra- Francis Assisi? St. Francis Assisi. Come on. Sissy. Too much. Some more, let's go Greek with it. Let's Af- get, Aphrodite? Aphrodite. I think you're in a different pantheon. I think <laughs> those right. guys are not. Uh, Although Aphrodite, I would bring her on for V-Day. What does it matter whose pants a, are on? Pants are on, <laughs> pants are off. It's a bipartisan 
Slugfest. Slugging? Oh, oh, that's I don't the know worst. That. I, just, I don't want to be slugging. As I said it, I wish I didn't. I wish you hadn't. Um, listen, I like your idea, man. And, you know, for uh, for folks in a relationship, um, you know, I could see how you could sneak into the next week on Valentine's Day. Um, my particular timetable doesn't ever end up working out that way. So I got lots of expensive flowers. Yes. I got expensive candy. Sure. Full price on those bad boys. Yeah. Um, and, like, when do they make those candies full price is the question. Like, Throughout the year, I feel like chocolate is just, you know, available and you can buy it. But what's the day where they're like, oh, we need to get these out on the floor and mark them up 30% for Valentine's Day? I think it's as they pull them down, uh, uh, pull down the Boxing Day displays. They're like, uh, jack up, jack up that Valentine's Day chocolate. Get that V-Day chocolate on the field. I have a, I have an affordable fiance and uh, that's not a slight. She's very sensible. It comes up in so many ways. Like uh, there's an Indian food place I go to for my lunches. Uh, very often they have a $3 vegan special. It's awesome. You get the rice, you get three different curries. It's great. I can't even shop and eat at home for $3 a meal then. No. That's not possible. I'm eating some lead for sure. There's something in there. But uh, so I go in there and I'm ordering two and I have a good relationship with these guys because they see my mug all the time. And then he's like, "Uh, who's the other one for? And I go, it's for my girlfriend. He's like, she's okay with that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, my wife will not she will not accept this as a bring home lunch. She will she will eat the drivel that we've been feeding you. It's delicious, <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. way. It's very good. Uh, that said, it comes up like we go to we go shopping for like special events or whatever for clothes, and there's an excellent thrift store on Orphis Road. And I'm telling my friends and coworkers uh-huh. about this thrift store I took Stacy to, my sweet, sweet lady, and they're like, She's okay with that? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's dope. Who wants to pay full cl- pr- full price for clothes? I got a Lacoste shirt. For $12, never worn. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what happened in that Lacoste shirt. Have you done the blacklight? My future... Have you done the blacklight? It's fu- a very simple question, My Dan. future sister-in-law goes, you're going to get MRSA. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, we wash it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know about Mar- MRSA. I don't what, know. Uh, yeah, well, listen, man. From MRSA to Mercedes. It's a book title. It almost, right. almost writes itself. Um, that's great, Dan. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you have this special arrangement. For the rest of us, we will suffer in silence. But uh, mm-hmm. hey, to your original question thumbs up or thumbs down on valentine's day man i think i'm thumbs up on it i'm okay with any opportunity to celebrate something but my wallet is definitely thumbs down on it that's for sure let me ask a a more pointed question if you had to lose one holiday out of the year had to be wiped from existence which one would it be if there was one holiday dan that i needed to nuke from orbit yeah um i could i feel like maybe saint patrick's day no no St. Patrick's Day can go. That's for amateurs. That's amateur hour. It was my grandma's birthday. I just remembered. She still gets her birthday, you know. I like them all. It's got to be Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. It's got to be Valentine's Day. And conversely, if you could double up on a holiday, which one would it be? Well, you couldn't double up on Christmas. No, or you'd be you die. You'd, you'd die. Dead. It crashed the crash the economy. You know, I feel like Halloween. Boom! There it is. That's it. Buddy. That's the same one. wavelength. Yeah, already there. You could go from one day to seven days on Halloween. Easy. Get good use out of that costume. Yes. Put some miles on it. Now sure. we're being thrifty. Yeah. Right. And also, just like spooky things, I could I could dedicate a week out of my year to being spooky. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good option candy yes. you're eating it for a week long anyway that's right and if you're smoking you're you're eating double so like i think it makes sense for everybody it's one of those holidays that's good at all ages like some of them st patrick's day that's no good until you're arguably 18 or 21 in the in certain yeah, states uh, uh, you know Christmas, I feel like it comes and goes. Right, right when your parents get divorced, that's when it really is the bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I know that you're, uh, I came from a loving home, but 
Sorry. Yeah, I think maybe too much. Too many hugs came your way, buddy. I got a lot of hugs. I got a lot of hugs. hugs. Andy's a special boy. I would do, in fact, let me put it together. Let's do a holiday mashup. Halloween on Christmas when Dank Dad is a dad. No, come on, get out of here. No, no, just just come with me. Come with me. Come with me on this journey. I'm going to tell my kids that dressing up in costume is part of Christmas. I'm going to totally gaslight them. It's going to be tons of fun. I ever tell you about the time my parents took took me to Hawaii and told me it was Africa? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Come so I on, get down dude. there, it's islands, it's beautiful, there's lays, it's surf, and so in school, when we were talking about Africa, I'm like, oh, it's fabulous there. <laughs> oh, <man>. Really gaslighted <laughs> yeah, me return, on that you one. Return to the, uh, you return to the motherland. That's right, you gotta go. Nice. Good for you, good for you. Well, welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, and if you didn't know, this is not a holiday a holiday podcast about holidays. Uh, this one, in particular, is about video games and marijuana. The mm-hmm. marahoochee, sure. the cannabis, the pot uh, I'm running out of the old slang. green devil the old reefer. I forgot the reefer. Um, yeah, and today we're going to be talking about some things related to those two topics. Isn't that's that right, true. Dan? Yep, we're going to get to uh-huh, it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Dan, Dan, Dan. What have you been playing lately, buddy? What's going on for you? Boy, I mean, uh, obviously, I've been playing Modern Warfare Call of Duty, which I don't know which one it is. Yeah, I like when a series goes. We're not even going to say what number we're it not is. Not naming this it, anymore. It sounds like the first copy. It sounds like the like you would buy it off the previously used. But I've been playing Slay the Spire. Have you ever oh. played Slay the Spire? No, I've no. Is this a, is this one of those uh, one of those humble bundle games that you uh, are is. so fond of? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. and, and it's been on my list for a long time. People have been talking about it, but I don't love card games that much like uh-huh. collectible card games but they've made it different and interesting like a, enough like a gwent kind of thing yeah i mean it's just, it's basically like a tower climb game that has uh, a roguelike element in the way tower that there's climb? yeah like you tower defense no. no so like think of it as like a battle a series of battles to get to the top of a spire uh-huh right you pick your pathway there are battles there's chess there's elites and you sort of choose your journey and as you go you're building a deck ah, i see right and when you're getting trinkets and whatnot it plays a lot like magic in a way like there's uh-huh. no mana or anything there's energy um you know, there's four different classes like a warrior there's a rogue nice. uh, there's a robot guy and there's a ninja gal and they each play very distinctly and i'm gonna put it down and say this is the best card buildable card collection game i've ever played and just today i beat the secret end boss and it was the most satisfying oh nice you know what it's nice when it comes full circle and you 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 wrap up one of those things i gotta ask though like what when did the if it's a collection thing right like everyone likes to collect things games achievements you know gaming is very tied hand in hand with collecting in fact catching them all is the theme of my topic today. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're so pumped, Dan. I can see it. For those of you that don't know, Dan is a soulless creature who dislikes Pokemon, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but it just the collection aspect is so interesting to me because why anyone would want to go down the path of taking a card, collectible card game and turning it into a video game, there's, there's not a lot that makes sense there. It doesn't have to be cards. It could be placards. It could be holograms. It could be anything. But there are so many games that go down the route of simulating the collection of cards. Hearthstone is a major game from Blizzard on iOS. There's uh, a dozen other TCG, you know, blind card games that kind of are following in the wake of Hearthstone. There's Gwent, which I just mentioned. It's just weird, right? Like the digital world has so many card game analogies. And what's even weirder is when you look at Hearthstone, it's got cards that could never actually be possible in real life. How? Tell me about that. 
Well, if you if you've played Hearthstone, which you haven't, no, I haven't. But Hearthstone's a really satisfying game. But for example, you'll draw a card, and it'll have effects on it that you wouldn't be able to execute like in the real world, right? Because you would need knowledge of card placement. You would need to be able to um, execute some mechanics that you just couldn't logistically accommodate being in your you know living room. You need the computer machine. For you that. need the computer machine to get in there. And so it's so weird because you're like it's it's like this third dimension thing where you're playing a card game that's an impossible card game to mm. play in real life made possible by computers emulating cards for no reason <laughs> it's i know what you mean and i think a lot of it has to do with mechanics so many game mechanics come from board games so it's an, a natural playthrough and the computer machine takes all of the painful parts of cards out it's shuffling for me. Right. It's moving them around all easy. Those cards sure. never get bent. And what I, going back to Slay the Spire, what I love about it is there's a bunch of different effective synergies that you can get with these cards, but you almost can't plan for it. You gotta you you get to pick from three cards after every battle, so you have to kind of build the deck that's coming to you. I see. And make decisions about. What's the card that's going to be great for me now and what's going to play best later in game? And just to like pull the, the curtain back, the final boss had a mechanic that laid me low and I had no idea how I was going to best it. Every time you play a card, you take damage uh, with this dude. And I, had a, and I had a deck that was basically built around drawing cards and getting to play a lot of cards. Right. So it was game over. And... Uh, just it just so happened by luck when I found myself at his gates the second the twentieth time I had a, a deck that was built around blocking and I picked up a trinket that prevents like at the end of your round you lose all your block but this trinket has you retain most of your block so I'm like this guy's going down and it came down to the very last card oh isn't that satisfying and I love when I I am like in my mind shitting on a game and avoiding it because I'm like this game's gonna be trash or just basic generic and it, it blew my socks off it's probably my one of my favorite PC games of the year thus far that I played nice well it's only February but no but but fair point it sounds pretty excellent when can you start saying that only you gotta say it uh, yeah, wait, December so. 25th that's it buddy yeah that's it. game on, of the like, year awards game of, game of the year that's uh, that's about eight months from now Ten fair. months? I can't do math. I never know what day it is. So combined, we are confused. No, and I'm glad that you had a good experience with Slay the Spire. Um, 420 friendly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like games that allow you to have a little bit of time to contemplate things can really go either way, mm. right? Because if you're smoking. You're either really dialed into those re those twitch reflexes, which is why you know your first person shooters, etc., your action games, your fighting games, Guitar Hero, you know, all feel so good in that moment. Yeah. The second that you've got like a thinky component, mm. it's either something you can really get into, or just I will not play that after smoking. You know what I mean? I do. There's a weird moment in Slay the Spire. It's very chill, and then you get a couple cards, and your deck starts coming together, and you're like, oh, Plasma Drive five point play this thing is going to be a make it or break it and then you're anxious about dying you're like this this run's gonna count i just gotta i gotta pull it out and then suddenly every card is crucial oh, and no. it, it's very tense i was like a lot of times it's at the end of this play i'm either going to win or get totally wiped out depending on what the very next card is like it comes down to those moments and is thoroughly enjoyable i think i just like me a roguelike yeah. no matter what veneer they put it over i love that risk versus reward yeah no i get that 
Um, so yeah, sounds like the kind of game I would not want to play. <laughs> would not want to play after imbibing. Mm. But um, yeah, I just it goes back to my original question of like why cards. So would it be the same if it wasn't cards? Well, I mean, a card is just a square with words on it, right? I know, I know. Do you know a, what I mean? Like, I, I how it. would it tell? Like an audio book. It's got Orson Welles. Yeah, He's yeah, like, but, 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 strike but, one point six damage. But they call it a card. They, they do, call but it, it could be anything, right? It could be a character with stat. It could be anything. But pitch me what else it could be. Like, I first I took your point, and I'm like, Andy's right. Why it's the cards? And then I thought, Hey, this guy's kind of an idiot. Because what else could it be? <laughs> like, I, I, any if they inscribed it on the sides of solo cups, it would still kind of be a card, right? I, I feel you. I understand. It's I guess the fixation with taking cards and putting them into the digital world, which I find just really fascinating. Yeah, it is because it hits me, right? Like I actually, I'm, I'm attracted to that. Yes. You know, for me, you know, playing cards, playing a card game is really entertaining, and I like the the tactile, physical feeling. But for some reason, you take that out of the physical world where it's a tactile, physical, fun thing to look at. Yes. And you make it digital. And it's still good, but it's not it the is same still good. thing. It's like, because we're all magpies. We want to collect that card. We want to have it. Like, I would even enjoy a baseball card if Jose Canseco did six blunt damage. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, it, I'm going to shut up about it right now. But it's like, I like pie, Dan. Yes. I like pie a lot. Yeah. I like blueberry pie. Sure. And I like eating it and tasting it. And I like everything the blueberry pie stands for. But then if you put it in the digital world, and I liked it for a different reason. Right. Like, I like to look at the steam and watch the blueberries squish. It's moved into a dangerous it's realm. Into <laughs> a diff- it's just, it's a weird, it's an upside down world kind of thing, Dan, and I don't get it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept it. Blueberry squish is your porn name. <laughs> it's my intellectual name. It's my university call sign. That's right. Professor. <laughs> Professor. Blueberry squish. I'd love to teach a university class one day. I'd, oh, listen, my if word. You're, if you're at a university right now, and you're looking for a new professor... Hit me up. You were born to have patches on your shoulders. That's it. You have a lust for elbows, you elbows. have a lust for power in all its forms. Academic, constructive, psychological. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes to all those things. Okay. <laughs> You've been smoking on anything much lately or I re-upped on some heavy, heavy sativas. Um, so a little preview into the future. Apollo thirteen. Never heard of it. I'm stoked. Boy, have I never heard of that. Goji OG. We're smoking on that today. Amazing. Where's my bike? You ever heard of Where's My Bike? Uh, Me neither. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, super Green Crack. Okay. Yep. Green Cracks. I know. What is it? What super, is it crossed with Super Lemon? Like, what is the super part of it? It's another strain, another pure uh, sativa. Oh, I think it. Gotta go to the Goog for this one. Going to the Goog. Super Googs. Green Crack. For some riveting audio. Yeah. Let's Clickety do it. clackety. Click, click, click. It's the most popular strain of 2016, apparently. So that's interesting. Yeah. Super Silver Haze and Green there Crack. It is. Excuse me. There yeah. you go. Nice cross. The daughter of Super Silver Haze and Green Crack. Vivacious, thoughtful, and creative per Leafly. And Andy, I bought it through totally legal channels. I went to my local legalized dispensary. What was it called again? Yeah, you just settled down over there. So um, for those of you that don't know, Dan and I are on opposite sides of the fence. I am firmly for legal weed. Hashtag legal weed. And Dan still flirts with Allegedly. Gray. Allegedly. Did you hear that, Health Canada? Allegedly. This gentleman right here. Alleged. Um, no, and you know what? Uh, it, you're a good case study, Dan. It's interesting to, to follow your exploits. Um, legal weed has got a lot of benefits, and the, the quality of it's been getting way better in Canada. It, and it's funny because... Couldn't get any worse, right? You know what? You know, they'd the have, early, to, they'd have days, to call it potpourri at that you, point. You open, you open a new industry. Let, let me see you tick on a new industry, Dan. Let's see you bring a new industry to fruition. I, weed's been legal in Canada for about a year and four months now. Yeah. 
Um, towards the beginning, you know, there's lots of conversations about older product, drier product, and genuinely the quality's gotten far better in yep. the past few months. And that's just because package dates have become more recent and, and what have you. But it's funny to like listen to like I'll listen to, like the Adam Dunn show or some of these other cannabis shows based out of the United States, and to listen to those guys talk about dispensary weed legal their legal weed, right? Versus, you know, black market weed or their dealer weed or what they've grown, et cetera. It's the same narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's really less about legal weed and more about, you know, weed brought into a commercial logistics channel. You know what I mean? And, you know, you want to make something better, bring the government in. That's what I always say. Well, you know what, man? I mean, there's a lot of tangible benefits there, too. I remember HuffPost did, a, and we talked about it on the show many, yeah. many moons ago, but HuffPost yeah. did a, what's it HuffPost? I can never remember. It was like a seven-page expose where they, you know, they tested dispensary weed because um, there was a lot of gray market dispensaries open in Toronto where we're from prior to legalization, right? And the amount of, you know, mold and pesticides and, you know, parts per million that were well beyond what was acceptable was present in, I don't, I, I won't, don't misquote me. It was a large sample size of yeah. the weed that they tested. And that was also part of the fact that, you know, they could not get the ability to test legally, which was an issue for sure. But by the same token, you know, I like the, the ability to, crack open a government sealed, you know, Health Canada standard inspected product and know that it's been, you know, thoroughly tested to ensure that what I'm consuming is above board. Yeah. And I I 100 percent. I think you're right. And let it be known. The best weed I've ever purchased has been from a legal source. There's wow. been there's been like uh, close contenders, but like the the gold star, perfectly cured, gorgeous. The flavors all there was a legal source. Oh, and was that your broken coast? It was my oh, broken coast, yeah. and uh, like it, it, there's just you couldn't say anything to it. I I had to like I built a shrine to it. It was <laughs> it was just like uh, I've I've come across a lot of bud. I've bought it from Marty Marty the one man party mm-hmm. all the way up to you know a, a legal source but this this was the stuff that if that was the gold standard you'd find me at the the dispensary every time like if that and i i hope that's where we're going yeah, and I think, you know, it is. There's a lot of great brands that are coming on here in Canada, um, you know, and, and and even brands that are around or have been around since legalization, um, you know, are doing a far better job today of packaging quality product and making sure that it's what customers want, right? So, yeah, we're getting there. It's uh, it's 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 moving in the right direction for sure. Broken Coast specifically um, has been having some supply issues, hard to find in, in Ontario and in, uh, in Canada in general. Um, but when you do find it, it's still a treat, Dan. It's yeah, still no, a treat. No kidding. Uh, listen, do you feel like the legal industry is on going to be on a continuous quality climb? Yes. Yeah. Is, is it where like where is it right now as compared to where do you think is it going to be in a year from now? Oh, I think it'll. I mean, every month it grows by leaps and bounds. You know, um, every producer has their challenges. We're we're, we're talking about growing. You know, a uh, a plant. Yeah. Right? This is something that it, it it's. When you look at the vaporizers and the edibles that have been released in Canada over the past few months, you know, these are products that are um, refined and there's a dedicated recipe and uh, I don't want to say they're easy to reproduce. There's very complicated methodologies for creating those products, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, they're, they're repeatable. When you're talking about bud, especially growing bud at scale, like I've been to some of these grows. I know Afria, like the the makers of Broken Coast, or rather they purchased Broken Coast. They're a Fria branded product. They have a, a close to million square foot facility in Leamington, Ontario. Yeah, like I've been there. It's enormous. You need a golf cart to get around. Nice. You know, they have their own power station. It's wow. It's crazy. But you take you know 
growing weed to that level, it's going to take a little while to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all I can say is they're figuring it out. And yeah. there's also plenty of craft growers that are coming online in Canada who are, um, you know, uh, smaller licensed producers that are um, either selling their product to um, larger distributors or licensed producers who are repackaging it, or, you know, uh, I'm sure they'll come online soon in, you know, a, a variety of commercial ways. That's the business side of it. But from a consumer perspective, there's just more and more variety coming online every day. And it's a race to the top for quality and it's a race to the bottom for price. And, you know, so genuinely in a year, we'll be even in a better position from a consumer perspective than ever before. How easy is it for a small producer, like a craft producer, to get into a legal supply chain? I wouldn't say it's super easy right now because I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there again, there's some there's some businesses out there, um, some licensed producers who are um, buying from craft growers uh, that are that are licensed. Um, you know, and, and, and bringing it into their own supply chain. And I'll give you an example. Like they may, um, name a product, a certain thing, but they may be putting different strains or different weed into it each time. So that it allows them to source smaller batches of product. Like if you're Aurora and you're trying to sell Aurora blue dream, it's Aurora blue dream. Every time you're growing blue dream, however much you harvest is how much you put in your, your containers, you send it out. That's, that's what it is. It's Aurora blue dream every time. The when you're talking about, you know, um, some brands like, for example, Sundial does a brand called Grasslands. It's still what they grow, but it changes all the time because it's basically what they're in oversupply of. If they have a brand that, you know, um, comes in a lower percentage of THC, they might put that into Grasslands and give a better deal to the customer. Right. So there's all manner of different kind of commercial models that are coming about for, you know, bringing cannabis to the end consumer. So we just get more and more and more and more choice every single day. You know, literally every day there's new options that are coming online. Yeah, wild. What a what a great time to be blazing. You know what I love is there's a there's a company called Canmart, okay? And they are uh, yeah, no, they're good friends, they're good, good people. Um, they are preloading uh, glass one one hitters, glass taster pipes with um, I don't know what it would be. It'd be maybe 0.3 of a gram or maybe more, don't quote me on that, of, you know, of bud they're selling in 1 gram and 3 and a half gram packages. And so you can just buy the taster. You get to keep the taster pipe. So no matter what, you're, you're walking out of there with a, a nice taster pipe, a one-hitter. And you get to try the bud in that format before you have to splurge on a one or a three and a half. It's ground flour in there? Yeah, it's ground flour just pre-packed in a glass oh, one Oh, wild. Yeah, isn't that a cool model? That is cool. So it's innovations like this that, like, you know, I really like seeing. And I think that... Even if you walk into a legal cannabis store today as opposed to a year ago, it's changed vastly. The amount of pre-rolls that are available, you know, the new the new uh, eights and and um, there's one uh, one group called Hexo. They've put out a product called Original Stash. So it's really the first ounce that's taken hold on the market, but it's it's $130 ounce. <laughs> And it's pretty decent. Like, that's an excellent price. Right? I don't even know how they do that. Right? So Is that is that inside the legal market? Um, listen, man. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's inside the legal market. I, I don't know what their price per, I have no idea their price per gram and, you know. Because isn't there a, a ceiling for discount or a floor for discount? Well, that's just the unit price. That's that's just, you know, that's what it, what it is. It's not a discount, right? So, um, regardless, it's a really competitively priced ounce is what they've put out. And, you know, it's crushing it right now. So there's there's just there's cool new formats coming out. And again, I think hashtag legal weed, Dan. That's uh, the way to you go. know what, man? I you've you've pushed me towards the side of the light a little bit more. I know we got to move on when, when we first got legalization and I found myself in a legal store. It still felt like 
not just me, but everyone in the store and the staff was like, are we allowed to do this? <laughs> like I was going to, I was going to select my butt. He was going to count it. I was going to hand him the money and someone go, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> cuff, cuff, gone. It's true, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty like, we're very fortunate, right? We're very blessed that we have the ability to walk into a store and buy legal cannabis. And in many places in Canada, Toronto included, you can walk outside and smoke a joint on the street. You know, and that's that's something that that's what still sketches me out, mm. you know, and I've been around this since the beginning here. But man, like even this evening, we were um, we were having some wings for a co-worker. He's uh, he's departing and heading on to a new opportunity. We're very excited for him. We were having some wings, went outside after the meal and everybody's passing around a joint. And I'm still looking over my shoulder. <laughs> you know, I'm still like, geez, can we do this, guys? Like, come on. Because I was always that guy, right? Like, yeah. Guys, let's go inside. Like, I don't want to be outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and now it's just just hard to break, shake that feeling. Yeah, man. Like when we went to the movies, specifically in Oshawa, there's this great nook on the right side of the theater that is like a turn and a turn to a door that people don't use and aren't aware of. So it was named Hogwarts. So when it was time to smoke for Amazing. the movie, we go, you want to go to Hogwarts? And you do the turn and the turn. Even then, I'm like, the downside is if somebody walks around this corner, we got nowhere to go. That's it, buddy. That's Breaking it. the law. You see some flashing lights, eat the weed. That's right. Eat the weed. They hate it when you do they that, by the way. when you eat the weed. In the U.S., specifically Florida, I think. So if you're smoking on the beach and a cop walks up to you and he's like, you're smoking in public, whatever, whatever. That may have changed. This is eight months ago. Uh, you got a fine. If you eat that weed, that's now a felony. What? That so you don't want to eat. Don't the, take legal advice from the Purple Dungeons. No, I, but and this is this is eight months old. Uh, the, I, this guy was on the Concrete Podcast talking about it just shortly before recreational legalization. But that's funny. That's your like your instinct is to hide that because you're about to be uh, uh, penetrated by the long dick of the law, and they're like, oh, and now that's a felony. Wow. Well, don't felonize. Don't kids. felonize, kids. All right. No, no felonization. A felony. A felony. A felony. I like his films. <laughs> ah, goodness. Alrighty. Well, um. <laughs> oh, Dan, I wanted to mention one thing that I saw in the show notes here. Which, by the way, I have to I have to toss it over to you. Excellent show notes oh, this week, you. Dan. Well done. Thank well prepped. Thank you. Well prepped. Um, Anthem is getting a second chance. Anthem is getting a second chance. Come on, man. They're they're. Uh, quote, oh, just, revitalizing one, one, one the core game mechanic. Anthem is the boyfriend that's cheated on you nine times. Oh, yeah. You don't invite him back into your home. And, you certainly and don't still, bring him home for your for your, for your your mama to clean him up and turn him into a new man. He, like, asked to borrow money. He cheated on you. He made all these promises. They were going to get married in northern New Jersey. <laughs> it was going to be a beautiful wedding. They scrapped their first roadmap. They had, a like, a content roadmap, and they're like, Oh, wait, nobody's playing our game, uh, which is a shame because, like, I played Anthem for a while. There's good stuff in there. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're Iron Man, and he's got an assault rifle, as Iron Man is wont to do. So more of a war machine, if we're going to be honest. It just it just didn't have... It's like there wasn't the proper vision. Not like it was like it, if Destiny was made with no with no like okay this is cool but where's the game guys like let, let me let me jump in here for a second yeah how would you compare it to Warframe Warframe similar idea 
you know, you're embodying air quotes warframes, which I think is the same thing as uh, what do they call it? Uh, javelins. Javelins. Same thing. You're embodying some sort of alternate mech or suit or exoskeleton or whatever it is. And, you know, you're running around and, and you, you're hyper mobile and you're accomplishing missions by some excellent gunplay and some spectacular acrobatics. Similar idea in Anthem, right? Kind of. I mean, in Warframe, you are, like you said, a lot more acrobatic. The mobility is a lot more fluid, I would say. In Javelin, it's a lot more like you're... more fluid. There's more fluids. It's more fluids. There's hydraulic. Hydraulic power. Uh, but no, in seriousness, the bottom line is Anthem played like a tech demo. A really promising one, but a tech demo nonetheless. And... All the stuff was, all the experience was very samey. You got to go to the next waypoint, shoot a couple guys. It didn't feel enveloping. And you, you, you felt like there wasn't, there wasn't like a vision. That's, that's the best way I could put it. And as you log back on, as I logged back on last month, uh, the Christmas lights are still up oh, from uh, from the Christmas events. Oh no! But so they promised us a redesign game. There's a, apparently an event on uh, the twenty second. Neighbors who just have the lights plugged in all year. Like they, they the back porch light burnt out, so they need those Christmas lights to get into the house. It's like the worst college uh, dormitory. Look, let's just leave the Christmas lights Man, up all it's just year. So comfy, so cozy. Good. It's pretty here. dope. It's nice. Um, pretty good. So it brings it brings up the question: Can Anthem do it? I, I think maybe. I mean, we all saw the writing on the wall when the game leads started leaving. They're like, "Oh, we're just uh, leaving the studio." Like we knew it was happening. So I'm glad that they're going back to the trough. And that brings up uh, a topic: games that have been saved that have a, have had a rough <laughs> a rough start, yeah, and then brought it back. You know what? It's funny because you mentioned this to me earlier in the week. You were like, "Yeah, Anthem's getting a Anthem's getting a blah, 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 whatever." And I'm sitting here going, oh, man, like, how are you going to bring a dumpster fire so universally reviled back to life? And and at that moment, I was I was challenging you with my eyes to you know prove me otherwise. But there's a long there's a litany. There's a long, long list. list. It's actually quite amazing how many games have been salvaged from death. Like for me, the one that stands out the most is Final Fantasy 14. Mm-hmm. Right. Final Fantasy 14 was an unplayable mess when it launched. And Final Fantasy XI, so both of those are the online games, right? So Final Fantasy XI was an MMO. I think it's still going, which is incredible because, again, they have like four polygons to, to split between them. I don't know how you make a Moogle with four polygons, but they did it. And that game was um, well-loved by its core player base. It was available on PlayStation 2, which was, you know, some next-generation shit at the time. PlayStation 2. Did you have to buy a modem? I think you did. You did. You had, you had to, to install that modem in your PS2 so you could play... Final Fantasy XI online, probably with dial-up, Dan. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's some EverQuest-era scenarios. Some shit there. That's it, bud. Um, but, yeah, so Final Fantasy fourteen comes out. Everyone's pumped. It looks beautiful. And I remember the promotional materials for Final Fantasy fourteen because they're talking about classless. They're dropping... I mean, that word was very hot in MMOs when they first first licked that out there. I think yep. probably 2011 or Star something. Wars Galaxies was ooh, doing the same thing. Ooh, Star Wars Galaxies was at its uh, zenith probably, or maybe at sunset. But um, but yeah, so, you know, classless, um, all the high definition, super beautiful, you know, Final Fantasy uh, art textures and models you would expect from like a console version of the game, but in massively multiplayer and um, an open air quotes, living, breathing world. By the way, if anyone ever says living, breathing world today in 2020, up. go home, <laughs> go home, please leave. Premium but experience needs to go on that pile too. see you later. Bye. But at that time, that was some hot shit. Living and breathing. 
Living and breathing world, Dan? Oh. This is some scenarios. But, you know, uh, when it launched, totally unplayable pile of dreck. It was had two major sins. Not only was it buggy, it was a boring. It was so boring. It was a grind fest. It was, an, it was a soulless grind fest, right? And so I remember um, I'm a, I've been a Mac user since 2006. And in order to play Final Fantasy XIV, I caught a Final Fantasy bug. It had just released. I wanted to get it going. I had to use Wine. And if you're a Mac user out there and you've wanted to play a game so badly, you've gone through the pain of using a Wine wrapper to try and get that shit going, you know exactly how horrible the experience is. Really bad, Dan. So it took a terrible game and made it like an atomic failure. Yes. Right? Horrible. Yeah. When they re-released it, I had very low hopes. But, you know, Final Fantasy XIV today is one of the most well-respected, beautiful, content-rich endless games out there and so you know it's amazing to see what did you what did they save there was it the idea was it the art assets and the world like what what happened yeah like when you hit the reset button at some point in your mind says just go go to 16 like duo because you that was there's two types of fixes there is the patch and the content release right and then there's fucking nuclear do-over Right. And that was one of the one of the nuclear do overs that you see so rarely, really rarely. And like I think it was it was brilliant because they marketed it. It got into the marketing. It was called a realm reborn, uh-huh. which is genius. Now, did I don't know. Did they put it in the, yeah. into oh, the yeah. story? Oh, yeah. Like there's like a planar shift or something yeah, like was, that. I, you know, I, I played that. till maybe 40, level 40 or 50. Um, haven't touched it recently. And that's just a hardware issue because I'm still a Mac gamer. Mm-hmm. And the Mac client is regrettably bad. It's Mac gamer feels like an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. There was a period of time where I played on the Mac in boot camp, <laughs> and my <laughs> wife played on the PS4. It was really a God bless game. your soul. Yeah, Civilization. They blew it up. Number yeah. one ran on a Mac, uh-huh. and uh, in, in my swanky uh, elementary school, there was a design and technology course where they had like lathes. They had. Uh, early type 3D printers type stuff. Like you could do anything. It was like a, right. a, a budding engineer's dreamland. What was I doing? I was playing Civilization Civ- 1 on the Mac. One, buddy. There on the go. Mac. Was that that colorful Mac too? The the one with the like blue exterior casing? I'm older than you think, my friend. Oh, it was one of those, one of those old grayish yellow things. Now it, it had more than one mouse button. It wasn't like an Apple one, but uh, it was somewhere in between. It was so funny, like though that generation of computers, how married they were to flame retardant, which is why everything turned yellow. It's like the old Super Nintendo. Don't want right? this catching fire. Don't want no. this computer to explode into flames. <laughs> yeah, let's make it yellow. The different components would yellow at a different rate oh, due to their so diverse supply sourcing. You knew you were getting down with some like Netscape Navigator, yeah. a little cross country Canada. Sure, deep cut for the Canadians in the audience. There you go. <laughs> but um. Where were we? Moving right along, right. maybe to one of the uh, the the uh, not the do overs, but a like uh, a save, a throw the game a life preserver. Diablo three when it launched was oh yeah that one sucked was bad <laughs> it was so uh, bad. Uh, let me throw out a couple things. Error seventy three. You've been disconnected because your always online game just had a little burp and you're out of the game now. Oh, <laughs> always online is like the death knell. It's a terminal phrase. Uh, if you remember the beginning of the console wars of this generation, that was the big psych. Right. Uh, Xbox went to PlayStation behind the scenes and says, we're both going to say always online. Right. And then Sony's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Sony got to its its keynote. And it's like, and we're not always online. And oh. Microsoft's like, fuck. 
<laughs> you really fucked me on this one. Come on, Sony. Come and, on. And God bless them for, 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 for screwing them. them over. But so Diablo was in a bad state. We uh, had bad class skills. We had some rough art style. We had a real money. Did they redo the art? Yeah. They had a real money auction house. A real money auction house. I remember this game coming out and just the total cluster that was the real money auction house. The RMH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That actually, that was one of the main reasons I didn't pick up the game for the longest time. Yeah. First time I played the game was long after Reaper of Souls had come out on PS4. Yeah, just just did not want to touch it. I remember going over to a friend's house. He had Diablo 3. I played it for like three seconds. I was like, oh, yeah, I should get this. We should play together. He's like, yeah. I got home. I went to buy it. I'm like, real money auction house? And that was it. Period. The end. You know what? Like uh, I said to my buddy who was playing it, he's like, like we, let's get back in the Blizzard days. We played Diablo 2 so much. I was like, yeah, I don't want to get mugged. <laughs> Uh, at in your game and he goes well you don't have to spend money I'm like so if I walk into your store that has an exclusive getting mugged section just because I don't go in that section means I'm supportive of the bullshit and this is at the basically the beginning sure. of the money for winning formula that has pervaded the industry now and I'm like I'm just a hard no and props to them I'm sure against the, what they wanted they pulled the real money auction house out they fixed most of the, the Air 37, and they added a meaningful loot pro- progression and redid the art style. And Diablo 3, like you said, the Reaper of Souls expansion was meaty and delightful. And I, it's one of the games I played through with my sweet, sweet lady. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it no, we're totally both, enjoyable. Both, D, both D3 fans in retrospect. Yeah. Um, love the Switch version of the game, too. So, yeah, D3, big, uh, big ups. Um, what else? Oh, dude. I mean, what, what the hell? Oh, God. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Come on, No Man's Sky. Yes. How do you take a game, again, back from the brink of complete and utter destruction at the hands of critics and, you know, content patch? By the way, I don't know how they were paying the people who were creating these content patches because I have to imagine sales fell off a cliff after the first few weeks. Yeah. But content patch, content patch, content patch, content patch. Suddenly, you've got yourself a game, Dan. You do. It's it's a little bit of a mess playing No Man's Sky, but it's a beautiful mess. And it was one of those things where a small studio makes big promises. Uh, uh, the uh, head developer gets really excited and maybe uh, says some things that are blatantly false. Like you can you can run into another player in the universe, which you patently cannot at the time. Right. And they took that big bag of money and they go, this is the money to fix our lies. This is lie reparation money. And <laughs> they went back in there and, and made it good. I've, I've been back a couple times and very much enjoyed myself. You got a game there now. It's true, buddy. It's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's got something. Although I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't gotten past the first five hours. But reading what's in there and reading what people are excited about, it's just it's cool to see that happen. Another one, Elder Scrolls Online. When Elder Scrolls Online first came out, totally tepid, warm reviews. It was really the height of World of Warcraft. I'm trying to think of what expansion it was. I want to say it was Wrath of the Lich King, but it may have been shortly after. Um, but Elder Scrolls Online has completely reinvented itself. And today, again, it's World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, and Elder Scrolls Online are all, you know, in the running for the top uh, MMO at the time, right? So, um, cool to see that one turn itself around. Warframe was another good example. Content patch example. Yes. You know, just releasing content after content after content. It's like the slow burn. You start off with this grindy mess, and you end up with, you know, a really expansive, kind of endless series of 
things you can do. And that game's free to play. And, and Warframe has continuously gotten more friendly to free to play users. And I love to see that because it usually goes, it trends the other way. There's this divergent between the paid and the non-paid played players. And they've, they've kept them at a decent parity. Uh, and uh, they uh, put its sort of first open world zone, I think last year, sort of, and changed the feel of the game before it was like a real dungeon and tunnel, like indoor facility game, and sort of gave the game a whole new vibe with that open world-esque area. We got to go back to that game, Dan, because it's been like, I think Destiny 1 was still maybe releasing its first content patch when the last time we played Warframe. That's right. And, um, you know, it, it came out on Switch, I was this close to playing it, Dan, but I was in a hotel at the time, Mm -hmm. traveling, Yeah, and the internet connection would not support me downloading like a 13 megabyte patch. Uh, Hotel internet. Is there anything worse? So it's like, well- So in rage, I deleted it. You have the internet, but you know those ports you need? I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. It's like, we blocked them. They're all blocked. Why did we do that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We got a two mega uh, service for the uh, 800 rooms, so it's more of like a Thunderdome style battle to the death. For the internet, <laughs> I'm loading a JPEG. I'm loading a JPEG. I'm loading a JPEG. It's true. It's uh, it's interesting. Destiny. Um, you know, we can we can probably cut it off here because we've got about a thousand examples so far. But Destiny is another good one. It's and this one was another content buildup, right? Because Destiny, when it first launched, I don't know if you remember, there was some pretty big challenges. What was the um the tunnel of loot? Remember the tunnel? Ah, of loot? loot cave. Loot cave. Loot cave. Loot cave. Just shoot into this cave. Just. <laughs> For all your gear needs. Um, Loot Cave was hilarious, too, because you had people who were upset about Loot Cave because naturally it destroyed the the natural gameplay loop, which was, you know, you go into a cave, shoot in a single direction, collect all your engrams, get the best gear, rinse and repeat, period, the end. Right? People love Loot Cave so much, and I fired a couple clips into there. Yeah, people love Loot it. Cave so much, when they patched it, they're like, here's Loot Cave 2.0, the party goes on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so Loot Cave aside, though, you know, Destiny was decidedly lacking in content. Uh, There's a lot of criticism levied towards that game about, you know, this is not a massively multiplayer online game. It's a lobby-based shooter. There's not very much to do. And again, as Destiny patched and patched and patched and patched in more content, you get up at the end of it and there was a loyal following. And today, Destiny's looked on, um, you know, fabulously from the perspective of how it ended up. Destiny 2, on the other hand, I think is still having some challenges, but who knows? It's apparently never too late. It, it's like uh, they patched Dinklage out too, the first one, and I really like Dinklage. If you listen to the beginning of this podcast, that wizard came from the moon. That wizard came from the moon. They patched him out, and uh, one of the reasons was that like his line reads were sometimes like when you killed the Archon... He was like sad about it, but I just figured he knew something I didn't. You know That's what I mean? It. It's a mysterious. Yeah, there were some weird line reads, but I, the I, Dink I, knows. The Dink always knows. World of Warcraft also had a little bit of a rough start. What? Uh, no, no, no. Shenanigans. Disconnects. Uh, you know, just a lot of tech issues, but they they patched that up. Yeah, Obviously, you can't, they you made can't it. call WoW. Like, dude, WoW was a. F- Flaming hot phenomenon from the day that shit landed. Okay, we'll just leave that there. Yeah, and the division's it. probably another good example. It was a little bit boring and lifeless to get uh, to get going, but uh, the patches uh, brought more content and so, made that so, game interesting. But one thing I will I will note is we've talked about a lot of content patches. 
Does Anthem, just to bring it home, does Anthem just need content patches or does it need to be fundamentally rebuilt a la 14? They're going to rebuild it. They're going to really? rebuild the core gameplay loop. They've got it with the, the Iron Man stuff, the flying robots. Uh, it does feel good. You know what it really needs? Needs some of that PS5 heat. Needs some of that Bob Vila in the house. I don't understand how. God, he's going to renovate. Oh, I got from you. From the ground up. There you go. Studs, microplaners. Hammers. <laughs> I'm running out of tools. Lathe. Lathe. You've got a micro lathe. Re- re- I don't know why they're all micro. Reciprocating hammer. Reciprocate. <laughs> I like to reciprocate, Dan. It is Valentine's Especially Day. a hammer, am I right? All right. All right. Well, um, this episode of Purple Dungeon Squid <laughs> is brought to you by Weed and Video Games. Weed and Video Games. We salute you. Also brought to you by... I don't think we're doing this anymore. I think we cut this from the podcast, didn't we? Did you write sponsors? Red herrings. Did you write sponsors? I didn't. Oh, okay. I don't think we're doing that. Did we that. not do it last time? No. You, it was the one thing you asked me to cut out, and it's gone. Oh. You don't know what you say. Well, I guess just we'll just... constant stream of consciousness. Well, it is true. It is true. All right. Well... Next segment. All right. Well... All righty, Dan. Well, let's uh, head over to what we've been playing. What have we been playing? What you've been playing. Yeah. This old house. Bobila. All righty, Dan. I, you've been playing Modern Warfare 73, I hear. I don't know. I Truth be told, I don't know what edition this is. And, like, full disclosure... I don't play Modern Warfare, really. Right? Like, I play... See, this is what's confusing, is it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I thought those were two different franchises. Let me be honest. I do a video game podcast with my good buddy Andy, and I'm like, I thought Call of Duty was a thing, and Modern Warframe was a thing, or Modern Warfare Warfare was a thing, but it turns that I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground. They're the same thing, man. They are, apparently. They're apparently the I've same. I've been called, called to duty to have some modern warfare. You've been moderning your warfare in the duty. And the way this went down is our good buddy Rob turned to me and said, I'm having a great time with modern warfare. So I turned my sights to the old Jeej and picked it up for a cool 25. But don't you have to be kind of a basic? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you know I feel saying? a little bit basic? I feel a little basic. I, I, I do. And listen, if you like... I mean, I just bought Pokemon Sword, so... Which is pretty basic as yeah. well. But also spirited and in childlike wonder. Okay. There's that. There yeah. was not a lot of childlike wonder about the airstrikes I was calling down. Uh, and I got to say, from the jump, I really enjoyed this game. The single player campaigns feel like an authentic sort of Tom Clancy action movie vibe the characters are interesting it's the best looking sort of war shooter that actually brings the narrative into what the modern sort of battlefield looks like right down to the political entities and how they move now are there a lot of cliches and tropes in there yeah but every mission and scenario that they set up is interesting different and has its own vibe to it. Yeah, okay. And I, like, it's short. Like, I think I cleared it in three days. It's not... Clearly, the focus is on the multiplayer. Of course, as it always... You know, and, and I got to say, like, the last time I played a Modern Warfare title, I want to say was, like, 2010. Modern Warfare <laughs> 2, when they were still putting numbers on it, was me, I think. You know, I, I just... I have a fundamental issue, and it's so silly, because, you know, um, I've spent plenty of day, plenty of hour, plenty of decade... You know, blowing my way through endless 
space aliens, right? Sure. Uh, but I just have such an issue with like war themed games. Right. I have a hard time with like realistically emulating. And even though usually I think Call of Duty and Modern Warfare, despite the fact that they are that kind of basic gamer, <laughs> I don't mean to be a hater, but um, Lane, they do sometimes throw in that like horror of war angle, which I appreciate because the utter glorification of it in the format of like online shooters and how it yeah. kind of comes about. I don't mean to get up on my pedestal here, but right. I just, I, I, it grosses me out a little bit. I, you know what? And they really do speak to that. The general vibe of the game is you kind of take the sides of some freedom fighters in a fictitious Middle Eastern country at one point, and the Ruskies are back in. The Russians are back in as the bad guys, which I wish was like inaccurate, but it's kind of accurate. A little bit rough that way. They're no longer the 60s, 70s, and 80s villains. They're back in 2019. Mm. Um, And there are a couple segments in the game that... uh, I, I thought were really powerful from a messaging standpoint. You play as a child that watches their father get murdered by a soldier and then has to escape through a gas attack. Oh, God. Which, See, I just all of these things make me hurt. Yes. Well, you know? let, let me tell you. And then later, you're a prisoner of war. Spoilers. Sorry, guys. But um, I didn't enjoy playing through the kid gas attack. But I'm like, please let this be over as soon as possible. But I kind of, as so many of these things feel like, U.S. propaganda. It's kind of cool that they showed the real life suffering of the things that happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I I get that, man. There's like, you know, it's because it's a digital medium that you buy, and you you it's a game, and you 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 pop it into your entertainment system for funsies, for fun. And even in this podcast, we're dangerously closer to being a bummer. We're dangerously close to being a bummer right now. We're almost there. We're almost at bummer status. Yes. We're almost, and I don't mean to be like that. No, it's no, just, it's fair. It's just like, you know, when I, when I, when those are the context of the things that are happening, and then it's like, let's go blow us up some other people. You right. Know? That shit bothers me. Yeah, well, I know what you're saying, and I'm, I'm glad that every enemy doesn't have, like, its family tree attached to him and, like, his hopes and dreams. Like, you just killed uh, Brokolov. He enjoys whittling, and his grandmother will miss him. Like, I'm, I'm glad that that's not, that's not what's up. Yeah, there's a certain innocence to uh, blowing away aliens from the fifth dimension. That's it, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to stick with my aliens. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, fair but enough. As a military shooter, it is a ton of fun. It feels fleshed out. The world feels great. And just hopping over to the multiplayer for a second, it's uh-huh. a game that's set up in seasons. So they have, they have a season uh, schedule of content releases. And as you play, uh, you level up through that season. And as a free to player, you get every fifth get the sort new of fall look for your AK 47. Oh, so excited. And tell me I'm not right. Uh, you're some. You're close. You're buddy. unlocking you're the, some you're, skins. You are unlocking skins and watches. This is the Wa- new, watches. Watches. This yeah. is the new summer watch. Yeah, and <laughs> operators and weapons. So the way they set it up on the free to play is about every fifth unlock, and it's a hundred unlocks you get for free. Right. Um, the battle pass I think was like thirteen bucks, and because I got it uh, as a kajiger, I was happy to shell out that thirteen dollars. And what's cool is. You unlock the points because like everything you buy with real money, you buy points that you buy the battle pass with. As you go through the battle pass, you get, if you complete it, you get enough points to buy the next battle pass. Oh, okay. So it's like it's a renewing, 
it's a renewing evergreen sort of battle pass. Now, are they going to put up the battle pass cost or drop the amount of points you get for completing the battle pass in the future? Maybe. But so far, by completing the first battle pass, I was able to get the second battle pass. So it felt a little bit less like a, a gouging, like pay once and keep playing and you're good. I kind of enjoyed that. And I have to say the constant unlocks of new guns and skins and stuff did keep me playing. Like I I just need to unlock the next thing. And on the last 10 days or five days, they had double XP for weapons and for the battle pass system. So you're just like, honey, I got, I'm sorry. I can't come for dinner. I got the crunch on. So I played a lot of modern warfare over the last two weeks and I enjoyed it. It is kind of wearing on me a bit, even though there's different game modes. I have to say the game modes are good. I don't know how many of these are familiar to our listeners because I'm not a modern warfare like uh, veteran. Aficionado. I don't believe that's correct in this. I think a veteran. (laughs) Connoisseur. Okay, that's enough. No, but like... Masseuse. uh, It goes from like a mosh pit, which is a really, really tight type map, like shipment where it's five on five and it's just a slug fest for capture the flag or dominate this one area and it's fast and you're dying all the time all the way up to what they call ground war, which I, I think it might be 16 on 16. Sorry, guys, I'm bad on facts for this one. But it's a huge map where sniping is valid and there's vehicles, helicopters and tanks and stuff, and you're capturing many points. And if you capture all the points and hold them, it triggers the tactical nuke. And literally at any point, if you hold all these places, and I think you got to hold them for a minute, it just cuts to a nuke screen and you win. Now, I don't know how getting nuked as a soldier means you win, but it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> We're all getting nuked. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'll see you in Valhalla. <laughs> you know what I want, Dan? Hit me. From a vehicle perspective, I want a military-grade Segway. Oh, my God. Because that would be amazing. It's like, I want to be an elite-trained killer, but I also want to be a nerd. <laughs> I want to be a nerd. Listen, buddy, if you got smoked by a dude on a Segway, you got smoked. Have you seen the new Segways? They no. look like the chair from Wally that all the fat people are in. Oh, it oh, is like oh, a full oh. sitting chair. Like you got to be a Bond supervillain to be rocking around in this thing. I'm excited. That's the one of the only things. We're so we set up a GoFundMe. For I'm this? in. Yes, Please. I want to get. We're so into future stuff. But for some reason, we are none of us can put on our future pants hap, ha, hard enough to get on either a a Segway and like with a straight face or wear any kind of Google glasses. Hundred percent. It's just too future pants for us. Like, can you imagine? Just and the thing is, is I want to wear some fancy heads up display glasses. I want that to be okay. I want to live in a world where I can do that thing. But do I actually? We just all agree you universally look like a dink. It's if true. you're doing that, it's, it's just like, like the guys that have the phones on their belts and the earpiece in. I'm like, that makes total sense. That guy's shopping and he's got both his hands. But boy, does he look like a nard. <laughs> well, that's why everyone has AirPods now, Dan. That's right. Or I, whatever the. I got equivalent. these cool AirPods that have these strings on them in case you lose them. They keep you from dropping them. What a feature. Yeah. Amazing, right? So pretentious. Dan. I love it. Yeah, oh, I'm a Spartan. I just do what I deal with what I have to deal with. Well, you spend money on the headphones? Well, that's very silly of you. I want everything I own to run out of batteries. Oh, I want to be able to lose a $200 accessory. I just if I lose be... one EarPod, why can't I buy another AirPod? No, you, you got to buy can. a set. No, you can't. You can't? I want to say. Hit me. There is very few things on this earth that drive me into a fit of rage quite as much as 
your headphones getting caught on a doorknob, a car door, a passing tree, a cat. Tuck it in your sweater, buddy. Ripped out of your it does. ears. It is rage ripped out on of a the different phone. level. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I have not been bad. dealing with that for a good long time. Back to Modern Warfare. Back to Modern Warfare. Um, I probably won't play it. Okay, fair. That's about it. It's good. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, it, it's good. You can dip your toe in. Yeah. It, it's fun. I genuinely had fun. Uh, I, I like shooting things, and I like multiplayer games, and it 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 had content there. Like, when I bit into it, I'm like, okay, this is this is pretty good. Nice. I am feeling a little bit of, like, I'm going to take a break. I'm, uh, I've got a little... Uh, the oh, horrors of war have, I, uh, have worn a, on you. What do you what do you call it? war weariness? War weariness. Yeah, yeah. I've I've vigilance. I've thrown one too many Simtex grenades. But I'm glad you had a good time, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Did you uh, chow down on a bowl at any point in this experience? Um, experience the horrors of war through the lens of cannabis. I want to say yes, but the answer is no. Oh, that was a mistake. Well, anyway, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed your time in the. Well, I'm glad you had some fun in the uh, the battlefield. Um, I've been busy battling small fuzzy creatures. In the world of Pokemon Sword. Good segue. It was Modern Warfare, not Battlefield. Yeah, That's a right. different thing. They should just join forces, <laughs> right? Just put your fucking two development teams together. It's the same game. Call of the Battlefield. And I'm tired Modern of pretending TV. like it's not. I know. I'm Get tired. Out. Good night. Good night. Um, Dan, so listen. I am a Pokemon Blue kid. I picked that thing up the second it Pokemon came out. Pokemon Blue Balls. Atomic Purple. Come on. Listen, man. I know that you have a personal vendetta. We've all heard it. How many episodes are we in? This is 43. I mean, have it, we had to hear about your unique hatred for this franchise in forty-two of our episodes? So there far? are hundreds of us, uh-huh. hundreds. hundreds. <laughs> there are tens of us out there that hate this wonderful thing. Um, I actually stopped. So, when you imprison one of these animals, um, is there any legal recourse to them, or they're just surrendered forever? Despite your hatred for it, Dan, I did pick up Pokemon Sword recently, and I will say. I initially held off on this purchase. You're right. Because it was on the back of a little something called Dexit Dan. Have you heard of Dexit Dan? I have heard of Dexit Dan. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, this is an internet an internet movement. When Game Freak now when I gotta say, just from my own personal perspective, when Game Freak came out and said, We're not gonna include all nine hundred Pokemon in the new Pokemon games, I thought to myself first, well, that's kind of reasonable because there's like nine hundred now. There's a lot. That's a that's a fair few small collectible monsters. But the internet thought differently, very clearly. And there have been some very vocal outcries about the fact that, you know, not all 900 Pokemon are in there. And i got to be honest with you, it is got to catch them all, Dan. Am I right? Got to subjugate and enslave them all. That, every Against single their one. will. Come on, Dan. Stay with me. I'm with you. Stay with me, Dan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, at, that, at that point, it was like, yeah, this is kind of... The lukewarm feelings soured me a little bit. And I did read some reviews on Kotaku, for example, where one of the things that was stated about these new games is that they recaptured that childhood feeling. And I'm a Pokemon Blue kid, Dan. It's in my blood, right? And so I, I wanted to do the same thing. Right. And so, you know, this past week I decided, hell with it, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to try it out, I'm going to get back into the game, I'm going to become a Pokemon master once again. And I have kids now too, and they're kind of warming up to the franchise also, so I figure what the hell, we'll all play it together. I was not disappointed, Dan. Nice. I was not disappointed. Right. There is some wonderful opportunities in this game, and I will talk about them in a moment. But the DLC, I found out shortly after I picked up the game, there's some DLC coming. People give you your Pokemon for money? <laughs> So it's more now like a slave trade, like uh, you purchase them off yes, uh, an auction. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Of course you Were can. the Pokemon in the Pokemon lore, were they in the wilds before people showed up? 
Well, yes, Dan. They weren't created by people. So they're almost like, well, listen, they could be laboratory, extra dimensional. So in a way, they're almost like the indigenous peoples of the land. No, no. They just coincide or uh, coexist. Like they're in wild and then you get them. You know what's weird too? They don't get names. I noticed you have two cats, Dan. You got a problem? They can leave whenever they'd like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I've Much like yourself. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think I've seen them battle pretty, pretty heartily in the front. It's entertaining to watch. I, I mean, I don't set up those bouts, though. That's cat politics, and I stay out of it. And I will say that is uh, generally unacceptable. <laughs> so I, I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from, but they also don't have sweet lightning thunder moves. Unless. Mm. Do you know a cat's fur is electric, electrically conductive? Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first. All cats are peaking. This is one of the reasons why the Egyptians thought they were magic, because if they rubbed an ebony rod on them, it would like arc with electricity. So I did pick up this game recently, and what I'm struck by the fact is they, they've eliminated the one thing that I've hated about Pokemon games since time immemorial. And I think you can probably level with me, at least on this point. Is it Pokemon enhancing drugs? Yes. P-E-D-S. That's correct. Nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Um, it's the random battle. Right. So RPGs since the dawn of time, you're walking around. I got to go there. I got to go talk to that old man. I got to go grab that water cup. Let me just walk over. That RNG is hunting you the whole time. You're like every step. You're like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is this the one? So they actually took the the Pokemon and they put them on the world map. And this looks less clumsy than it does. It would, for example, in a Final Fantasy game. Because in the Final Fantasy game, just having, I don't know, your giant house with a cannon strapped to its head and a bow traipsing around on the map may be problematic. Here, though, you're dealing with cute, lovable creatures in tall grasses. So visually, it works quite well. And um, the ability to like run around them and not get into that fight has completely changed how much I love this game right now. Because who's going to miss a Snorlax? That guy is huge. He's a big one. And he's sleepy, he's so a big just boy. give him a but like, well, how do you feel? Like, I mean, the, the random the random battle, does it turn you off of RPGs? Because for me, it's one of the, I, I would have to say it's the single largest contributing factor to why it is so damn hard for me to finish JRPGs. It's like, sometimes they're okay, but when you're trying to get to a place, you're like, oh, come on. And I'm kind of a, the way I thought about it in my head is, if you're just in the overland, like Final Fantasy X was somewhere that the, the random battles was really starting to make me want to die. Um, if you're in the overland, maybe you should be able to see them and avoid them. And I know the, the more recent Final Fantasies are like that. Uh, if you're in a dungeon, maybe something's springing out of the corner at you because it's like a threatened area. Right. No, and I agree with you. I mean, that, that makes good sense. Um, but it, it just it's also hard to deal with it. Like, I know Bravely Default, a game that I liked quite a bit, but it also allowed you to turn off random, encounters. random encounters. Yeah. And I didn't like that. So random. Yeah, and it felt like Game Genie-ish. Right. You know what I mean? It felt like a cheat code. But how and, do you know when new enemies are about? Well, how, exactly. So A, I'm going to miss some new enemies. B, how do I know when to turn it back on so that I have enough experience points so that when I get to the next place I need to go and I'm fighting a boss, I'm at And maybe there's right, rare. There's a rare encounter, right? You're going to get the Tonberry. You're going to get some special encounter that's got a, a unique drop. Right. How do you know if you're going to miss that biz? And that's why you don't turn it off, or at mm. least I didn't. So the feature is there, mm-hmm. which makes me feel like a dummy for not engaging it, especially when I'm like spending my potions and doing what I'm doing. But if I turn it on, I feel like I'm cheating. So you just put me in purgatory. No win situation. No win situation for the gamer. So yeah, yeah, this is one of the things that I really appreciated about this, this version of the game is there's the ability to circumvent those battles. And if you see a Pokemon that you want to get in there and, and, and tackle, you know, you can do it. And 
my kid loves it too because I'm roaming around and she's pointing to the TV. She wants to go get that one and get that one and get that one. That's fun. It's a lot of fun. And the graphics are beautiful. It's gotten a lot of flack for the fact that the world is um, fairly straightforward. So despite the fact that I believe there's been some guffawing about the graphics, but I believe the graphics are really quite beautiful. It's very pretty linear, right? The whole game is pretty linear, which has been the case in Pokemon games since time immemorial, but I digress. But the way that everything's presented, laid out, just aesthetically very pleasing. So I'm having a blast in it so far. Um, And I think that the DLC, just to kind of touch on that note, isn't such a big deal because I think it's replaced. Are you familiar with the normal cadence of releases for these kind of games, Dan? No. <laughs> That's a hard no. I can see just all the joy and love falling from your face as we talk about Pokemon. <laughs> this is me giving all my love to you to humor this topic and to only ridicule you a little, just a little. Dan, you know what, buddy? I think you just need to let a little joy in and let a little of your, uh, your, your modern warfare out. You might be right. Dog training battle mask. <laughs> Anyhow. Do they faint or do they really just die? Oh, God. Well, I mean, there is a ghost. Ta- anyway, it doesn't matter. There's a ghost Pokemon. There's How lots about- of ghost ones. Is there Pokemon meat out there? There might be. Right? And some of them are edible. For How sure. do you draw the line between a, like a fucking gazelle and a Pikachu? Do you know what I mean? What's the difference? Is it just that they can say their own name? I don't know. How- and also, like- there's fishing, right? So like, they're fishing up some Magikarp. They're eating that. They're definitely eating that magic carp. They're eating right? that magic carp, and I, it, it just—it's hard to because, like, what can you? I, I guess it's kind of like pets. It was really awkward. We don't eat dogs. When Mewtwo showed up and he could fucking talk, and you're like, "Oh, we're in trouble now." Yeah, this like is, if a cow rolled up and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, where's all my babies that you keep taking?" You're like, "Oh, this is awkward now for me." This is, I think, the second time we've dipped into bomber territory. Like, if if Elon Musk showed up tomorrow, he's like, uh, we have the technology to to enhance the brain size of animals so they can talk. We'd be like, nope, X. That's why he's inventing growing meat in a tube first. Yeah, I'm not sold on tube meat, bud. I, don't I know, know you are. Uh-huh. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Uh, <laughs> regardless, something about Pokemon. Oh, yes, the DLC. <laughs> You can open up your coin purse for that? Okay, so in the most ass-backwards way of ever releasing video games, Pokemon will release two versions, and then a third version. Or in some cases, a third and a fourth version. Why? I don't know. So let me give you the example. I hate it. Pokemon Sun and Moon. I actually hate it too. Pokemon Sun and Moon come out. Okay, I get the game. I'm slower to complete these games. I'm not playing them every day. No, you're not. Getting getting through it. I'm chewing away at it. Chugging along. And these days, most often, I'm only playing with my my kids around because she really enjoys it, and you know we want to do it together. Uh I get halfway through. Then Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon release. Mm. Very similar. Almost the same game with some added features. You can a turn more the Pokemon line. into a Megazord, right? Whatever. It's, yeah, there's yeah. some new things added. It's the definitive versions of, versions of the game. So I'm at an impasse because either I continue on in my progress on this original game, get to the end game, and know that I don't have the definitive version beat, or I go buy the new version... Start all the way back at the beginning, 
and try and play through it until before the next Pokemon is released. It's like Street Fighter. They're just dropping Street Fighter Championship Edition. And what it features is you don't have a 50 gigabyte download when you throw the disc in there. <laughs> and it has content. All the characters that slowly got unlocked through the seasons and two previously unplayable boss characters. And you're like, oh, this is the game. Oh, there's the full game. There's the oh, game. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so... I don't love that. Now, the fact that they've moved to a DLC model, I'm actually cool with. It's like 30 bucks for both DLCs. You get like a year-long pass. So I'm going to spend 30 bucks in addition to the game I bought over the next year to get all of the content that's coming out. It's very similar to today's, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, endlessly, infinitely expandable DLC-driven you know, game content. And I'm actually okay with it. I'm excited to see how it works in this context. So yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, plenty of haters who are still holding out because Dexit and all of those good things. But for me, it's uh, I'm solidly excited about it. Good to go, man. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Listen, um, do you want to... Boy, do you want to head over to the smoke section? Oh, let's smoke a bomb. Let's get out of here. Pop, pop. Dan, you know it's a sad state of affairs. Well, let's talk about a happy state of affairs Yay. first. Hey, I'm here in your home. I'm enjoying yeah, myself. Yeah, another live cast. Sad state of affairs. Do you like the podcasting desk? Oh, we do have a podcast. It's my desk. kitchen table. It's pretty good. It's pretty pro. There's a dirty bong here. There's an inhaler. There's, I don't know, some socks. I, one like sock. It. The other sock's over your mic. Yeah, I forgot my pop filter. Yeah, so hopefully I'm not too poppy. Worst. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Bad news is I cannot smoke any ganja. Ah, somebody's got to. I'm gonna go drive. Somebody's got to get behind the wheel. That's it, buddy. So I won't be doing that. I will tell you though. Tell I'm me. excited for the next time we do this cast to check out the Focus V Carta. So, um, what is this? The Focus V Carta is similar to the Puffco Peak. Yeah, but it's a uh, so it's an, an e rig, so it'll automatically heat to a certain temperature and and vaporize you know cannabis. Um, but it can also be used with dried flour. So I'm not a big concentrates guy. Mostly a flower guy. Very excited to try this out. Have one sitting at home to trial. So, uh, yeah, next time we do this, I'm going to be hitting that Focus V Carta and letting you know exactly how much I like that thing. Nice. Maybe we do one in your Maison de Papier. Listen, buddy, you want to come over? You can crash on my couch. We can both get high as I love that couch. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Share it with uh, good old Oscar. Oh, yeah. My lovely puppy dog. Good man. Good man. Um, So what are you smoking on today then, Dan? I picked up that Goji OG we were talking about earlier. Oh, Goji OG. And this guy's coming in at about uh, 23% THC. Uh, I am so happy about the, the bud that I'm holding right now. It's cakey. Can we agree to that? That frosting is so thick. It's cakey. Buddy, there is some serious frosting on this thing. So if I'm taking a look, these are some nice... I mean, it's a sativa-dominant hybrid, right? That's, very clearly, you know, these elongated buds, but it's nice and dense. It's a very dense nug. Very hard to even see the stem in this thing. And if I'm squishing her, oh, there's some stick there, Dan. Yes, please. That is a sticky fellow. That so, is a sticky fellow. Goji OG is a hybrid by Bodhi Seeds. It's a cross between Nepali OG and snow lotus and this guy is really unique like it is simultaneously berry filled and also like a peppery smell you know i gotta be honest like i'm sticking my nose in here and it's i would say like i would say on the higher end of pungent yeah 
Um, it's not blowing up my it's not blowing up my space over here. I've got I've got a, a bag of about maybe six nugs I'm looking at here, and it's not like blowing out. It's not loud out of the bag. But when I get my nose in there, really delicious, like it's a got fruit that... roll up, like like serious berry. Like once yeah. you get back past the pepper, because the pepper hits you first. It's in there a little that bit. That berry is buried in there. You know, it's got a little bit of earthiness on the front for sure. Like quite a bit of earthiness. And initially, I thought there was a bit of a cheesy note. But it's not. It's actually just a little bit of sourness in that earthiness in the beginning. So you, know, you get earth and sour just in the tip. Yeah. And then as you as you kind of get right your nose right into that that bunch of buds, it's like a gushers. Yeah. Right? There's like a Hawaiian punch. You know, great way to say it. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And it's like it's like a, it's like a pina colada in my nose. I love it. It's nice. Pina colada is uh, typically more coconutty. No, yeah, no, I'm thinking more juicy pineapple. Yeah, there you go. Now, I wasn't able to pull a terpene profile in this bad boy, so we can't we can't get that deep on it. Um, but this fella is supposed to be uh, good with you giving you relaxation and euphoria. And smoking it, uh, I found that it was very clear headed. Um, I have uh, another another strain we're going to review later called "Where's My Bike," and it it fucks me up it throws me for a loop man it really does they named that aptly because so, i in fact did not know where my bike was so um go gog if you actually jump on leafly's site here you can see uh from their new strain classification uh, this is actually mercine dominant so there's a lot of mercine in this it's a high thc strain and again i get that mercine off the hop it's definitely there in the uh in the initial scent so um and then uh, i believe uh caryophylline and caryophylline Caryophylline. Uh, do we have to go to the notes, my man? Uh, it's caryophylline. Uh, yeah, whatever. And Tomato we've got tomato. some lin- linalool in there also. It's interesting because linalool is usually that more like kind of floral. And I guess I get a little bit of that floral in there too. But y- you know what you mentioned, that juicy kind of fruitiness in there? That's uh, that's there for sure. It's one of those aptly named strains. Like you really get that goji berry. Like it's Yeah, you know what, there. man? Let's friggin' call it what it is. There's some goji berryness here. Damn right. Yeah, hell yeah there is. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheap down on this little mm. friend, and it's mouth watering too. Like there's there's definitely a hit in the back of your mouth of wanting, mm, wanting to taste this. So how does it taste? Nice hit off the bong there, Dan. It is nice. It is um, potent in the back of the throat. The the um, pepper, the caryophylline really hit me in the back of the throat, and then up through the nose. Mm. Um, the berry in the mouth is is there, present but light. And it's it's really clean. I just took a, a big old big old bong and it had didn't lay me low at all. Yeah, no, that looked smooth. That looked smooth. There was no gagging, no uh no big weed faces, so nice. Well done. Back of the throat. Very good. So um yeah, man, let's uh let's pop on down into any any notable news items right now. We've obviously got some releases for February. Uh, which we could chat about. Anything on this list that's getting you excited? Yeah, man. A lot of re-releases coming out uh, and remastered. Uh, you kill Yakuza Five. Uh-huh. Yakuza I, I have. I am so collection. lost when it comes to the Yakuza franchise. Like I, I picked up, um, I think a copy of Yakuza Zero. Have not popped it in the tray yet. Um, is it a game you, you haven't played it? Right. I haven't played it. Uh, it's kind of on my list of two right. plays. It's kind of like a a silly Japanese mob fighter. Like what's that? Um, What's that Xbox game that's so ridiculous you can like you can get like a dildo bat in it? What is that game? Uh it's it's a little bit tongue in cheek and it's a ton of fun and like ridiculous 
uh, martial arts moves going on. I'll probably play it. Is it? I thought it was a more seriously toned game. I don't think it is. It's like it's more serious than like. I thought it was like I thought it was like a like a like a Japanese yakuza like Max Payne. It's a little bit sillier than Max Payne. It isn't film noir. It, it's I got see. a little silly in there, and that's coming from a guy who hasn't played it. So all right, well, of, one of us will have to play it before we talk shit about it. So a couple like really bright features on this list: Darksiders Genesis. Mm, for Switch, no less. It's coming out for just about everything. Think Twin Stick Shooter Diablo. Okay. Couch co-op and online co-op. Re- I th- see. Okay. I had no idea. Top down. Uh-huh. It's a little bit different than the other Darksiders games. It's a little bit more action beat em up and I think they're a little more single player focused. Okay. Darksiders Genesis is, but in its core, like a, a multiplayer sort of hack and slash shooter. Um, perfect to pick up with a friend online or on the couch. So I love this that. Looks awesome. Right. Wow, I had no idea this is what Darksiders was. I've never, I've not played this game. I've not looked at this game. Um, Darks. Yeah. This indeed looks like, yeah, exactly. As you mentioned, like a top down Diablo style, kind of sci-fi fantasy shooter. I'm all the way in. And this is coming out when it is on the 14th. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I guess who's getting Darksiders. High five self. Depending on when you listen to this particular audio release. Uh, Also, uh, something really interesting this month, Dreams. I was going to pick up some Valentine's Day swag for my wife, but Darksiders Genesis. Honey, I got you Darksiders. Oh, we got Darksiders. Guess what we're doing tomorrow night. Damn right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Dreams. Have you heard anything about Dreams? Uh, I have. Andy, one of the most unique titles to ever hit the PS4. It is a game builder game. Uh-huh. Mostly focused on single player games. It comes with them some preloaded uh content, but it literally is a platform for artists and creative people oh, to make games. Man, I have heard about this. And it is yeah. wild. Like I've seen a snapshot of maybe 50 games that have been made in this engine. They all look totally different. Dreams does not have like an art style or a vibe. It it's like one is a crazy platformer. The next one's a puzzle game, totally different art aesthetic. Next one's a racing game. How are you like making the art? I have it's PS4, which I, is mind blowing. I have more questions than I have answers on this right. one, buddy. But like, think of the level sharing from a game like uh, Little Big Planet. Uh huh. On like times ten, like watching it, it felt a little bit like an acid trip. But like, this is a a portal for like, people to really put through their vision of what a, a game could be or their there and it could be not just games it could be stories or like you could go really meta with the what you're putting out there it's not just like it's not mario maker it's way more no rules than I that. I need to see what this is because I don't understand how this exists on a console. It Because it, it feels like it's like an Adobe InDesign 3D uh, rendering tool. You'd need like a drawing <laughs> pad. But, so it's, I don't... It's funny because Adobe InDesign is, is 2D. Right. No, and, I was talking about two different things like those... Yeah, yeah. Okay, those things collapse feature and then like a 3D mark. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about modeling and 3D things, but uh, I'm sure it's very... Like, I just don't get it because if you're on a computer, you have, you know, your Mouse, keyboards keyboard and coding. And I have no idea no how it breaks down. No I've clue. only the all the demos I've seen are of the finished products, not uh-huh. of the process. So you got to think that it's got to be approachable. This is weird, Dan. Right? Because it can't go full into like full coding and simulation. It's got to be by the fact that it's on a console accessible from a controller. Because if you're like, hey, Dan, can you throw me together a program that blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, sure, I can probably code that. You're like, cool, but use a PS4 controller. I'm like, fuck you in the face. Like, no. there's no amount of money 
that you could get me to code something with a controller. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah I don't get it, man. Not 420 friendly, I bet you. Or maybe very 420 friendly on the playing side. Yeah. You jump into a level, you have no idea what it's going to be. Totally discoverable. Hey, Dan, I made a game for you today, buddy. This is, <laughs> I'm going to say, the most 420 friendly game ever created. We, and, we, and we have no idea what it looks on like. On the player side. On the creator side, I don't know. I don't know. Yet to be seen. Yet to, TBD. Uh, what else is on this list? Street Fighter V. Oh, you just mentioned Street Fighter V Champion Edition. So this is the one you want to buy? or Yeah, if you're a Street Fighter uh, fan, this is everything. And it's not a. It's not going to... The data's on the disc. Like, uh-huh. dear Lord. Like, just to buy it so I don't have to download 50 gigs of game every time I put Street Fighter in? Yes, please. I'm a, I'm a strictly fighting games on the Switch now kind of guy. Like, it's... I don't need like I want to be able to take that thing everywhere because when I'm playing fighter fighting games, it's usually in like a group setting, right? There's usually at least more than two people. Fighting games are weird to take out for two people. You sit down, you're like, hey, you want to play a fighting game? If you're not both super into it, it gets kind of weird after a while because like, you got the wrong friends. Fair enough. Like you and I have played a lot of Street Fighter, so I'm down with that. There's a certain seduction to getting somebody to play Street all Fighter. I'm trying to say you got to start is, with Mario Kart. There hey, you, you go. like Mario Kart? I do like Mario Kart. Listen, I, all I'm saying is, if you've got more than two people, it instantly becomes way more acceptable because it's less serious. You can rotate people in and out. Some people are watching. There's a friendly spirit of competition. There's a handoff. As opposed to just beating your friend into the dirt. Yeah. You know, sixty times in a row. This time I'm going to choose Chang Lu. What's you need Lu Chung Li. Chung Li. There needs to be a third person because if you're beating the one person too much and then the other person too much, you just hand that controller off. Like if you've done 10 rounds straight, you go, hey, why don't you guys play? Because you've yeah. made your point. You've made your point. You're like, all right, I'm just going to go get a sandwich. Yeah. Because there are no real men in this building. <laughs> okay. You went the other way with <laughs> we'll it. We'll go there. First, I take the pride. <laughs> And then I sell it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, for me, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, not available on Switch. Not, no, no, no. Ah, rough. Uh, so a couple other highlights. Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection. Those are, that's a lot of term the qualifiers just to let you know that is made by the japanese uh releases that came out on the ds and the game boy advance interesting like i i played a little bit of these i i found that they're very challenging uh, and in the re-release they have some kindnesses in them is this different than just mega man zero so it's has everything that mega man or that zero has been in and the majority of it it's like a hundred years later zero has been asleep for a hundred D- years different than mega man zero he's, then he's the like well, the, the game it, Mega Man Zero. Mega Man Zero, I believe, is, is in there, yeah. No, but Zero is like a person. Zero from Mega Man Zero. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. It sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, so you're, it's cool. Uh, you can switch between the buster and your sword. Dashing around, killing stuff with your short sword is a good time. Uh, I, from the demos I've seen, the video is that zoomed in 4x3 that was native oh. to those systems. And I think they're just handling that by having a border on other either side. I really side. dislike the border, Dan. I know, but the second that you change the visualization of the game, you have to you're changing the game I know, becomes I get different. It. I understand. And I and as soon as I saw, I'm like, can we zoom out a little? And they're like, yeah, there's nothing really three inches above and below this bar or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but if you're a fan of this these games, like I might pick this up when it goes on sale. Okay. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about it. Some some interesting smaller games. Zombie Army Four, and yes, it is the fourth Zombie Army. I yuck. It's like a very cool. Uh, also ran. It's clearly a middle tier game. Um, the old ones are a little bit buggy. This one looks really really good. It has a a bunch of cool enemies and mechanics. So and- is it just like a 
Oh, God, zombies. Take that in. I know. I hear zombies. I also want to hit the snooze button. This is worth a play. Take a look. If it, And it's going to be affordable. Sorry, is it like an isometric? No, no. It's a, it's a third-person shooter, I believe. How how in 2020 are you releasing a third-person zombie shooter? Um, Yeah, I know. We've been shooting zombies it, since 07, man. If your pitch is, well, it's... It's really good and like fun. 15 years of shooting zombies. And, There's a lot of years. And it's cheap. They're like, and all we're asking is 20 bucks. You're like, all right, okay. Ugh. It looks fun. It does. I just like, okay, t- three other things to kill that are not zombies, but are equally as entertaining. My aliens. Ho- my hopes and dreams. Keep going. Aliens. Critical hit. Aliens. Give me no, Give me two more. Uh, Martians. That's an alien. Same thing, Hedgehogs. Same thing. No. Don't deny can, it. Ugh, okay, yuck. robots. I mean, robots. Pirates. Nazis. Ninjas. Nazis. I like a ninja. I like killing Nazis. Nothing good about Nazis. Not even a little bit. Oh, and there's zombie Nazis, of course. Good. Yeah, zombie Nazis. Did I say there were zombie Nazis? That's the pinnacle of getting to shoot things. Yeah, and I I feel like uh, Indiana Jones is an unlockable character somewhere in this game, at least in spirit. Yeah, okay. Well, moving on. Uh, What on earth is Conan Chop Chop? I authentically don't know. Give me one second here. Conan Chop Chop is coming out this month. And it looks like... Let me guess. It is Conan O'Brien's cooking show. It's a strangely... like Okay, so this looks like... If you took... What is that Vikings game that people like for iOS? Three Vikings? No, no, no. iOS. The, uh, the oh. Angry Vikings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The clan, Clash of Clans. Oh, I was going to say if Banner Saga. If you took Saga. the artwork from Clash of Clans... Yep. Made it into Conan the Barbarian. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. And put together, a, I guess, a hack and slash lighthearted game. That would be Conan Chop Chop. And it's been pushed back to sometime in Q2 2020. So it's not even coming out. YouTube thinks that I exclusively want really bad mobile games. Oh, And man. every ad that has been on YouTube for the last three weeks has been like, not even Clash of Clans, like the worst do you remember, do you remember when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger narr- narrated that like was it call it was it um it, uh, uh, oh uh, World oh, of War or, World of War or something like yeah, that Yeah, you know what happened? I I'm like, "Hey Matrix, you're not even trying anymore." <laughs> like, you know, my brain had jumped the shark. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um I actually did download recently though, and th- going back to like taking board games or card games or whatever and turning them into uh video games, there is a game called one second, opening my phone. Mahjong Soul. Oh. Yeah, and so I haven't played much of it yet, but A, I want to learn how to play Mahjong, because this is a very popular game in the half of the world that isn't North America, or, sorry, America. The Americas. The western part of the world. <laughs> the Americas. The Americas. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the U.S. likes to claim America, like that it's theirs. Yeah, but Central North America, America isn't South called America. Central America. It's the West Indies. You know, you know, it's it's like it gets touchy around Central America. Sure, that nobody's angry at the Americas. It's like being angry about being like in the Northern Hemisphere. Like no, no. And I let's feel get like, together you know, and hold don't hands say a little Central bit. America. They don't say that. They do in the CIA videos I'm watching. Uh-huh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless. Mahjong, very popular game. Um, I have no clue how to play it. I played it on Windows 95. It's like you don't know how child. to play Mahjong. I don't know how to play yeah, Mahjong. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, yeah. So Mahjong Soul has some sort of also character collection aspect to it. Yes. And it's Mahjong in a purely expressed way of teaching it. I'm excited about it. Mahjong Soul. Apart from that, though... Mobile game's not for me. I got an ad on YouTube about a puzzle game uh-huh. that had collectible characters too. 
and they were uh, Japanese women. They appeared to be school teachers. And as you win, they take their clothes off. And I'm like, that this was is not YouTube, Dan. It, I'm telling that you, that was 100%. It was before. 100% though. It was <laughs> not YouTube. It was before the adpocalypse, yeah, yeah. okay, my man. Okay, buddy. Okay. Uh, right. Did yeah. you know that YouTube doubled their revenue uh, since the adpocalypse? I see you trying it's to like, change the topic. It's, like tw- it's literally like $25 billion. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, they're demonetizing. Show me your cookies right now. <laughs> Show me your, <laughs> let me see that browser Andy, history. I'll show of you, Will. Oh, moving on, moving on. What? Uh, Blast my cash. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. By the time our listeners are listening into the Purple Dungeon Squid episode number 42. Two. Andy, are you killing sure? it. Um, yeah, I think it is. Are you sure this is 42? Let me let me check the old show notes. 42. 42, beautiful. 40 so by the time they're listening to 40 dobles, it will be probably long past Valentine's Day. But I'm going to go through High Times' Valentine's Day gift guide for lit lovers. Because I think it's always a good time, as we stated earlier on, to buy your sweetheart something sweet for Valentine's Day or otherwise. So let's just go in and see what they uh, what they rounded up. First one's a hot no for me. It's the Artisan Bong by My Bud Vase. Dude, this is exactly how I hid my most picturesque bong on the side table with some flowers in it. Really? For sure. Oh, okay. This one is an... So, first of all, I don't, I don't love bongs that you can't see inside of. Like, there's just something Opaque. That, What's the secret that I'm smoking? It just... I don't... Like, what color is the bong water? So, I get weirded out and I change the bong water all the time. Like, I feel like I'm smoking something dirty because I can't see inside. How resinous is if this If you have thing? a bong on display, my dude, it is a continuously clean apparatus. You do a smoke. You do a dump. It, it, that's what you like about smoking dump. Like I don't know, dude. That's a lot of labor. That's a lot of maintenance. It's it's a well. You're putting flowers into it, my dude. I'm like it's at, a, I am looking at your bong in front of me. That is not a smoke and dump scenario. This is not. No, this no, clear thing. A, so mine was like that is uh, a smoke uh, and go. A, yeah, that's yeah exactly. Mine was shaped like a mushroom on the pedestal. Uh-huh. Really, really thick glass, hand blown in Montreal. Oh, um, and it was Owie. a mix of blue and green opaque swirls. Um, there's a little bit of space in areas where you could see, but it just, the bong is so beautiful and thick and such a nice piece of what glass work. Bong? I still have it. Oh. It's, um, it did get dropped twice ah. and it's cause I jinxed myself. I sent out a threat to the universe. I said aloud to many people how unbreakable this bong was. And right. maybe it's due to that or, or maybe it was me carrying it like an absolute Jack and any. You know, leaving when I was moving, I was clutching a box and then my right hand, I had it clutched on the outside on that hand that was also uh-huh. responsible for moving the box. Yeah. And it fell directly to, onto a piece of patio flagstone as I was in motion and the pedestal snapped off at the thinnest part. Uh-huh. And I've, I've glued it back together with epoxy. No. It's it's yeah. it's in good shape. Let me tell you something, my dude. Epoxy, not inert. <laughs> Um, the kind I used is is specifically for this purpose. It is an inert subject. It's bong poxy. Well, it's a poxy for listen, bongs. <laughs> let's just say. Listen, man. Everyone's cashing in on cannabis. It's on but the, I don't know if the epoxy. The break is so clean. The epoxy yet. is just interacting with the glass. You can get a. Oh, you can. Get I didn't a like. To I didn't piece together five hundred pieces of a bong. So the pedestal broke off. No, dude. I don't know. I wouldn't smoke out of that thing. But I will tell you. If you wanted to get it fixed, you could probably just bring it to a blower. They could kiln that thing together. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I got a. I'm a man with a bong mission. You're a man with a bong. Get that kiln going. Get kiln. that kiln. Fire the kiln. I like it. 
It's a good word. Sounds like kilt. Let's keep going. Artisan bong. Cool, but not not for me necessarily. Um, oh, this is a cool one. Finding your higher self. Your guide to cannabis for self care. I like this one, man. I love it. I like this. This is this is a by Sophie Saint Thomas. Sophie Saint Thomas. First of all, the cover is beautiful. This is something. Now, is this a, a hardcover? I am not sure. Not worth a Google. Mm, but it's a hardcover. It literally says the hardcover book. Great. Uh, 16 bucks too. Amazing. Step-by-step how-tos on the best cannabis activities for couples. From giving cannabis kisses to all of the other fun things that couples like to do together. That's great, man. I, this this seems like a, the kind of book that would be fun to read with your partner, and I don't think it's necessarily just a Valentine's Day kind of thing, right? And Sophie St. Thomas's claim to fame is she's both a sex expert and a weed expert independently. Ooh. Well, Sophie sounds like an interesting lady, and this sounds like a good book. So this one is maybe a pickup for me uh, immediately. Uh, Vegan Gumbies by Sunday Scaries. This is a CBD product. Looks like it's available only in the U.S. because CBD products are regulated in Canada. Um, looks like cool packaging. Live Resin Diamonds by Ocean Cannabis Company. That is also a US-only pickup. I got to say, though, I am so excited because concentrates have just become hitting, or just started hitting the market here in Canada yeah. on the legal side. Weed 2.0. Weed 2.0, buddy. Um, not a whole lot's come out yet. I think there's been some bubble hash. There's been some keef. Yep. Which, like, I've actually never seen keef sold before as just keef. No, they usually use it to make... Um, the hash, right? Because Press depending hash, yeah. on your on the way you're making it, that keef is going to be uh, a desiccant in the mix to make it the consistency you want it. Yeah. So I don't know, you know. Um, so it's uh, sorry, Canna Farms actually is is the one putting together the the hash or sorry the the keef. I've not tried it yet, but it's neat. The idea that you can go buy a full uh, full container of keef. I'm really waiting for shatters and live resins to hit, uh, right. hit the market. Yeah. Again, I'm not a big concentrates guy, but there is something beautiful, especially in a pen. I don't don't particularly love the dabs, but you know, throwing some concentrates in a concentrate pen and vaping gently on it, a little bit more of like a body buzz kind of scenario, typically for me anyway, um, and you know, a little bit nicer as kind of a daytime experience or yeah. a going out experience. And so. you can smoke unobnoxiously. Yeah. Like this is the one that I'm going to bring with me to the movies for a quick little hoot, little hoot, something unobtrusive. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Allegedly. <laughs> heart-shaped box by Lowell Farms. It's three pre-rolls in a heart-shaped box. I like this. I like this. I don't know that Health Canada would ever be down with this. So we probably won't see this in Canada in any way, shape, or form. But it's cute. And it's got a really cool design on the box. It's like an agrarian classic embroidery with a what appears to be a uh, bull in the middle who is also a farmer. Okay. I like it. Um, the next one is, this is a cool idea. So it's a little cheesy, but basically this is a bouquet with some holders built into it so you can stick joints into it. So so you give your your, your special someone a bouquet of flowers and, um, you know, somewhat hidden are these joints that are popping out of the crown, which is kind of cool. Kind of a neat idea. Definitely not an after Valentine's Day pickup. Smokable one. arrangements, if you will. Yes, indeed. CBD superfood mask. Now, this is something that I could see my wife really enjoying. Um, it's a CBD facial mask for relaxing that face. Now, I don't know what health claims they're claiming to they're claiming to bring to bear with CBD on your facial skin, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something to be said about this. Would you wear a CBD mask, Dan? I might. I don't want to put these guys on too much of a blast, but anything that says superfood on it, now I'm like. 
I'm squinting a little bit at it. I'm Listen, like, man, you just smoked on some goji OG. Yeah. So let's be real. Let's be real. Do you real. remember when goji berries were in everything? They were. They were like you. That's how you knew it was. It was good because antioxidants. Uh, the last one they're talking about some flower by source cannabis. Not sure. Um, you know if it if it bears mentioning because. Uh, when we're talking about straight bud, I'm sure there's plenty of different kinds that you can find in your area from different brands. When they got around it at a 10, sometimes you're like, okay, you got lazy. All right, I just, you I don't just know what to lazy. say about this, but their favorite picks, High Times favorite picks for a sensual day include vanilla flavored ice cream cake, citrus tasting sherbet, and minty animal face. <laughs> Oh, wow. I've never had that last face. one again feels that phoned last, in. I mean, last just looking out of the bushes. And for to cut if I put it to source cannabis, this does look very girlfriend friendly. It's in a beautiful clear jar with white etching on it. And the box is inlaid gold on ivory white. It's like, very beautiful. Your wife would put this on the shelf in your kitchen. I would put this on the shelf in my kitchen. Not everything's about you, Andy. How Valentine's you gendering Day. color, Dan, for the love of God. Gendering color. I said your wife. I, I don't say, know. Everybody knows your wife is a man. Two men in an overcoat. <laughs> oh, those fighting words, Dan. If you, weren't, if you weren't like three and a half feet away from you know me, I I'd love give you. you a good wallop. Oh, dear. Um... And on that note, I think it's time for us to wrap up this podcast. Oh, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Listener questions or games you want us to play? Hit us up, Purple Dungeon Squid, and do your buddy Gmail. Do Dan, <laughs> take it again. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day from Purple Dungeon Squid at gmail.com. And uh, do your buddies Dank Dan and Andy a favor and recommend this podcast to a friend. And don't explain too much. It'll only hurt your gaze. Oh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time. Please, my friends. Keep it dank. Fuck, I am high.